Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> Before time, but QB will get us underway. To it, Ness can bring it away for Charlton. So heavy touch, though. Dizel can pick it off, and QPR can break. It's Roberts going towards the penalty area. Roberts gets a shot away, and it's there. Roberts opens the scoring. And it's uh, of Charlton's making. Charlton was Lucas Ness who lost possession. It's a deep one. Avoids everybody. It's a header at the far post. Didn't see who it was. That's a lovely shot. Oh, Aaron Henry! Oh, what an equaliser that is! An absolute stunner from Aaron Henry on the edge of the box. Thunders it in the right-hand side of the keeper's net. And Charlton are back on level terms. Oh, what a special goal that is for a very talented young man. When that fell to the edge of the box, he's not only connected with it so well, but he's going away. He's going out towards the corner flag. The ball deflects down to him. And first time, he just rushes across his, across it and smashes it. Across his body, across the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper had no chance whatsoever. An outstanding strike from a young man. And what a special moment that is for Aaron Henry. That's exactly what he does. Ball up in the air. We have penalties here at the Valley. Jaden Stockley. Steps forward. Drills it home to the keeper's left. Charlton have the lead. And it'll be for QPR. Left footed. Oh, well, yes, Willicott saves it up against the crossbar. Charlie Kirk, second up for the Addicts. Kirk steps forward and the same side as Jaden Stockley. Second up for QPR. Strikes it, sends Willicott the Robbie Morgan. Next up for the Addicts. Morgan steps forward, drills it as exactly as Greg Stubbley predicted into the keeper's right hand side. Shadipo up next for QPR. Strikes it to the left of Woolacott, who went the wrong way. Aaron Henry. Puts it forward, drills it. Keeper went the right way, but he was getting nowhere near that perfect penalty in the bottom right hand corner. It is Dazelle. the first one of the uh, main side without the sub. Stepping up, he's got to score this. Shoots and does score it. It's Owen O'Connell. Can he win it? Sends forward. And he does! Keeper went the right way, got something on it. But O'Connell has won the match for Charlton with his penalty. Five perfect penalties. QPR missed one. And that's the addicts through to the second round. 
Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendez. On this week's show, we'll be looking back at that really enjoyable uh, defeat of QPR on penalties in midweek in the League Cup and, of course, ahead to Saturday's trip up to Hillsborough to face Sheffield Wednesday uh, in League One. Joining me uh, to do just that first up, Mr. Tom Wallin. How you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Nice and yeah. warm. Bit, bit yeah, toasty. Yeah. yeah, full of the joys of summer uh, at this rate at the moment. Yep. Also, also joining us... Uh, looking forward to the trip to uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Lewis Carr, how are you doing, Luke? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah not too bad. Got your uh, your bags packed for your night over in Sheffield. That's it, mate. Yeah, raring to go. Raring to go. to go. Sheffield won't know what hit it when uh, you and Rondon turn up in town. Right, so on this week's show, uh, as I said, we're going to look back at that game with QPR in midweek. We just heard the goals and the penalties there uh, as the Addicts dumped the R's out of the first round uh, of the League Cup. A massive, massive tie away at Walsall, our reward for that. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to hear from a new signing. Raksaki uh, has uh, made the uh, the, the uh, swap uh, from Surrey to South London, the former Chelsea uh, young star. So I'm going to see if I can go through the entire show without naming the club he's come from. Uh, so we're going to try and do that. So we're going to hear from him uh, later on in the show as well. Signed on the dotted line earlier on today. We've got your tweets and messages as well about him signing uh, for us uh, from elsewhere. Uh, we're also going to hear a couple more times from uh, Ben Garner, who's going to tell us about the QPR game, talk about Maka not playing on Tuesday, which I thought was quite interesting, that budget question as well uh, that I picked up on Twitter last Friday. I asked him about that uh, as well. And then, of course, we will turn our attention to that game uh, with the Owls. We're going to hear from James Mapping from the Wednesday Till I Die pod, uh, ask him about how the uh, the season is shaping up over there at Hillsborough. Uh, and we'll hear the thoughts of the manager, Ben Garner, uh, before that game uh, as well. So, Lewis, I mean, Tuesday night... Uh, Win on penalties in the end. I mean, where, where to start? I, I guess you have to start with that absolute thunderbolt from Aaron Henry that, that took us to the, the, the penalty shootout. I mean, last last minute, we we played quite well, particularly in the first half. Uh, QPR up to its second period, and it looked like they were going through uh, with that screamer from Tyler Roberts 10 minutes from time. But then whatever Roberts could do, Henry did 10 times better. And, uh, I mean, what, what a goal that was. It, it would have capped off any night, but it was a very enjoyable night as well. Yeah, outstanding goal from Aaron Henry. Absolutely outstanding, um, especially right at the end as well. Um, really, really lifted the place. And I thought he was brilliant when he came on, all in all as well. Strike aside, I thought he played very, very well. Um, and us as a collective, I thought we were fantastic on Tuesday. Um, I thought we dominated for the most part of the entire game. I think there was the the little spell where QPR got back into it when they made a few changes, um, sort of deep in the second half. They brought on that uh, Shadipo and... Armstrong and Roberts, they looked a little bit stronger when they made those changes, but we held our own other than the Roberts Thunderbolt, you know, two very good goals to see live. Um, and yeah, I was really, really impressed with what I saw. The performances all round were pretty good. Um, and when we made our changes, we weren't afraid to to throw in some of the youngsters from the first two changes we made were, were Lucas Ness and Aaron Henry. And I, I thought they both handled it very well. So yeah, I mean, we didn't look out of place against the championship side. Um, delighted for for Aaron to get that goal uh, and obviously to win on penalties as well I thought you know really really good evening just a shame we've been rewarded with the tie the tie we have which I'm still trying to work out how it works geographically but um yeah yeah really really happy lots of positive Tuesday yeah Walsall in in the southern section of the draw despite being not further north than a couple of teams that were in the northern section but we think it's because like the likes of Villa and uh, well not Birmingham because I think they got knocked out but that um, they need to even up the amount of teams from a certain division. I think I think that's how it works. I mean, we got to talk a bit more about that goal from Aaron Henry as well, Tom. I had this discussion with someone last night. I, I genuinely can't think of a goal 
that technically good at the valley for a long, long time. Because we've seen people, you know, smack them in from, from long range. You know, Lewis Page against Puma, probably a good example. Uh, that Gillingham player scored one against us a couple of seasons ago, didn't he? Oglevy, I think he is. But um, for a Charlton player, and the ability to be on the run away from goal and hook it the way he did with such power and such accuracy through so many bodies, you know, before you even add into the fact it's the last minute and probably our last chance to, to stay in the Carabao Cup as well and set up that glamour type of ball. So, I mean, it's, it's just a remarkable, remarkable bit of technique, the likes of which we haven't seen for a number of years. Yeah, I think that the whole story around it obviously adds to it. But as you say, just technically, no matter how many times you watch it, the, the strike just gets crisper and crisper. I think um, Connor scored. Connor Gallagher scored one, which was kind of the ball was in front of him and he had the ball anyway and he hit it. But it was a decent, decent hit. But I don't remember one where the ball is just coming off that bounce and coming down towards his boot and someone striking it like that so perfectly. And the way the ball moved as well. Reminded me of, was it Benjamin Pavard for France in the Euros or the World Cup? Scored one similar. And there was a similar sort of angle from behind the player like that where you could see the swerve of the ball. And uh, yeah, just a very, very satisfying goal to watch. I'm sure a satisfying one to score for him. Um, and yeah, just obviously delighted for him. And, you know, the the cup gets a lot of stick. I think we gave it a little bit of stick over, over at the weekend or, or last Thursday's show. You know, Charlton is only round the corner for me, but I, I didn't go. I didn't see the appeal. And obviously there are other circumstances why people might not be able to go at the moment with finances and, and everything else. So obviously the crowd was down, which is a disappointment. But opportunities like this cup and like the the Papa John's trophy actually give players like that a chance to, to have a run out in the first team and score their first uh, senior goal. And Something like that, you know, it shouldn't be sniffed at because that's going to go down for him as a, a very special memory. And yeah, to uh, to add in all that other theatre, the fact that it's the last minute, the fact that we were one nil down, it just adds to it as well. And and then to go through, obviously, off the back of that, it's just a, a very special moment for him, his family, um, and for those in the ground, as you say, to have seen two goals of the highest quality, and uh, the second one being a chart and equaliser is just a yeah, caps a, a good evening for the club. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the way that game ended, obviously, with that goal from Aaron Henry and, and, and five perfect penalties from the Addicts and a, a good save from, from Woolacott um, to deny Johansson early on for them uh, was great. But the, uh, if we had lost on penalties or even if we'd lost 1-0, I, I still would have come away from that feeling pretty good, Lewis, because that first half, again, you know, we spoke on Saturday about how the first half against Derby was all my greatest fears being realised. That first half against QPR was all our greatest hopes once again. You know, second half against Derby was better. But it weren't as good as that first half against QPR. And there were players involved in that game who hadn't been featured in the weekend. People coming into the side. They're still drilled in that way that Ben wanted them to play. And again, I'll say again, at some point we're going to want to start creating more chances and taking more chances but we are moving the ball around a lot better than I've seen us done for a little while um and I have to say a big part of that Jack Payne on Tuesday night was a revelation yeah I thought he was absolutely outstanding I thought every time he got the ball he looked dangerous he drove the ball forward he looked calm on the ball um he got a passing rate of 90 percent you know just I thought Overall, that first half was was really outstanding. And you're right, there were players in there that weren't involved at the weekend and didn't look out of place. I thought um, Charles Clayton had a brilliant game at left back, dealt really well with a with an experienced side. And you know he had Albert Adoma to deal with in the first half, which was no mean feat given his experience. 
and Lucas Ness coming in second half as well played very well. And another one was DJ. I thought I thought DJ was very good first half. I think the one thing he does lack is just a, a little bit of quality with his with his delivery and his in his final ball. But in terms of taking players on, I mean he he had the QPR defender on toast all game, and I thought we looked as I say we we didn't look like there was a division between the two sides. We looked very very calm playing that football. And even when QPR had their moment in the second half and looked like the better side, we didn't look anywhere near as nervy as we did on Saturday. Um, and as Ben said on Sunday, uh, on, at the end of the game Saturday, he never wanted to see a performance like that first half again. I mean, that reaction that we've seen on Tuesday is very, very promising. And, and to see the squad depth all play into that same mentality and that same way of playing is very, very promising because that's mm. one thing we've struggled with before is the depth. Yeah, I'm glad you picked out DJ. Actually, my um, my neighbour's a QPR fan, and we were chatting about the game yesterday, and he was uh, one one that he picked out as well from our side as playing well. I, mean, I spoke to Mick Bill after for Radio London. He was not pleased with how QPR played. It goes without saying. He, he was disappointed with their performance. But again, a lot of that will be will be down to us. It is interesting that yeah, it was a talking point. Tom, as you mentioned, that there weren't many people there. Unfortunately, I mean, 15 quid tickets. I don't think helped. Um, it is expensive for for a League Cup game. And I saw someone saying that perhaps that might be the same price for the Papa John's game. So we're going to get even lower crowds for that, of course. But it, it does go to show that I mean, that, that is not a competition. I think we, we've only got beyond the second round once in the last decade or so. And or, it's not a good record we have in that competition. So that's why it was such a nice surprise on Tuesday night that it was very enjoyable. And, and we put the, the spot kicks away at the end to, to, to round it off quite nicely. Yeah, and... Look, I didn't go, as I said, but I was absolutely delighted that we got through because, as I say, it gives to those young players. And I think these first rounds are always difficult no matter who you get. And I know there was a, a few people on Twitter sort of complaining about the the lack of crowd. And I do get that. It is frustrating to go to a game and see a small audience, but or a small crowd, sorry, uh, almost called us customers then. That would have been bad, wouldn't it? But um, I think, you know, you factor in so much at the moment um, that... As I say, the cost of living crisis is a thing that's happening. Um, people are on holiday during August as well. Um, people have just done a home game. You know, there, there could be all kinds of reasons why people either can't go or, or didn't particularly want to go. And, you know, each to their I don't think we should be criticising people for that. Um, you know, we're all fans at the end of the day. And as I say, I was as delighted as anybody that was there to see us go through. Um, it is difficult. And as you say, the prices certainly don't help. It doesn't get people through the doors for those games. But... We'll have to see what happens with that as the as the season progresses and opportunities come up for for offers and you know kids for a quid and and five pound deals and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, it, it's not what as you just said there. It's not one that grabs your attention either. You know, it, I'm sure if we'd have drawn or if we get through to a stage where we could draw a big Premier League side, things would change and and rightly so because it, it's a bigger bigger appeal. But um, you know, QPR. It's all well and good saying it's a London derby, but it's not the biggest draw in the world and. And uh, you understand why people didn't go. Um, those that mm. did, good on them. Um, it sounds like they're behind the team and, and got to see a very good game and an entertaining game and importantly saw a victory, which, as I say, all of us, whether we were there or not, are pleased about. Mm. I mean, uh, Tom has mentioned, obviously, the cost of living crisis. At this time, there is a lot of introspection, Lewis, and people are looking back and thinking of things they bought for a lot of money back in the day and they really wish they hadn't wasted their money now. Because Talking of which, um, what did you make of Macaulay Bond on, on Tuesday night, Lewis? 
he struggled, didn't he? He really did struggle. My um, lord, I, 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 I purposely thanked my neighbour for the two million pounds <laughs> once more, and I thanked him a lot for that over the last couple of years. I think I think he got caught offside more times than he had shots on target <laughs> or any shot at all. Um, yeah, struggled. Um, you can see why maybe he's not hit the heights at the championship yet. Spent obviously last season alone at Ipswich, um, started strong and then faded away again. And yeah, struggled, really, really struggled Tuesday night. Uh, I thought Sam Lavelle played very well and, and O'Connell as well. Owen O'Connell looked much calmer, mm. um, which is good. We're doing the world of good for his confidence because he's had a bit of a few wobbles and a few hairy moments against Derby and against Accrington. So to have a fairly comfortable performance against championship opposition will do him the world of good for his confidence. Excellent stuff. Yeah, I did, I did want to mention O'Connell because I have been... Uh... Uh, a bit underwhelmed previously, but I did. I did think he looked uh, looked, looked decent on Tuesday. And he missed his penalty, as I said to someone after the game, as a joke. But you know, he, he stepped up and put it away, which was which was good. And, and hopefully, he'll take more of that form into the weekend. Right, let's hear what uh, Ben Garner uh, made of the game. Then the Addicts boss uh, spoke to me after the uh, win over QPR and agreed it was a very entertaining cup tie. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was a really good game. Um, I thought both sides were, were good. High performance game. A uh, good level to it throughout and really, really proud and pleased of our performance, especially first half. I thought we were really, really good first half. Um, they made changes second half and, and came stronger and disappointing to go one down because I didn't think we deserved that by any stretch. But the reaction after that was really, really pleasing because I thought we showed a desire to get something from the game and get something what we deserve from the game so and to see young Aaron put that strike in as he did was, was, a, was a great moment and then to then follow that on and win on penalties yeah a great night anyone who's seen Aaron coming up through the youth ranks he will know he's more than capable of a goal like that from outside the area but that was some, some hit yeah great technician and uh, even his composure to take a penalty you know for a young player um, he's very mature he's very, very level headed and he's got wonderful technical ability so um, we need to keep developing him adding to his game and he's got to take every opportunity that comes his way and I guess you will be pleased with the fact that you, you, you decided to put away those penalties pretty comprehensively. It shows a cool head in front of goal. Yeah, I thought they were really good and um, the attitude to take it, the character to take it and um, and then backing themselves with their technique. It was pleasing, great to see Jojo save the first one. Um, and uh, yeah, nice nice to win a penalty shootout because I think we won at the end of last season. So um, yeah, great great night and um, we, we focus very, very quickly on Sheffield Wednesday now. Yeah, I guess the, the performance in the first half is probably as pleasing as the fact that your side have gone through because they were whipping it around quite nicely in that first period. Yeah, I thought um, really good. I thought uh, our shape, our movement, uh, our, our discipline and understanding in the game and a, a lot more freedom from, from Saturday. And um, I think we need to take that on board and develop that now and play with that freedom and confidence because when we do, as you see in the first half, we're a really good team. It's a first start for Jack Payne as well, and in particular in that first half, I think the Charlton fans will see why you wanted to bring him here from, from your old club. Yeah, he's a, not only he's a really good player, Jack, but I mean, supporters will see straight away how hard he works as well and what a great team player he is. And he's fantastic uh, in his professionalism. So for any young player now at this football club looking at him, he's a shining example of how you lead your life how you eat, how you prepare, how you sleep. Um, and we've got we've got several of those in the dressing room now. So that leadership group, that uh, sort of role models for the younger players at the club is, is really good and really strong. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
HelloFresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers there. And it's John. Yes! Oh, it's it's oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr! Welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. We're looking ahead to uh, Saturday's game with Sheffield Wednesday in a few moments' time. Just heard there from Ben Garner as well after that win uh, against QPR. And he's been busy in the transfer market today. Uh, you may have seen that we've signed uh, Jez Raksaki uh, on loan from a Premier League football club. Uh, he made his name, really, if you ask me, at Chelsea. He's been in, been in the Chelsea youth ranks before, um, obviously making quite a massive step down. Um, and, and now he's, he's uh, made a bit of a step up again. He's come on loan to, to League One. He sat down to speak to Ollie Groom after signing on the dotted line uh, earlier on today. Uh, this is how pleased he is to be arriving in South London. Um, it's really good, you know, waiting a long time for this. I'm just thankful to God, thankful to everyone for making it happen. I'm just excited to get started. You're a young player, you've got um, a lot of people excited uh, when the rumours have been, have been mentioned about you potentially coming to the club. Um, what can fans expect to see from you? What are your strengths as a player? Um, I like to say I'm really direct. I like to take players on, create chances, score goals, assist. I just like to entertain the fans and enjoy being on the pitch. And there's a few lads I understand that you know already here that must make it a little bit easier. Who do you know? Um, I know Aaron Henry, Ryan Innes, Tyrese Campbell and Miles Lieben. So it's good to have them around, showing me around, it's good. So you had your first training session this morning, so like, how was that, getting to know the lads? It's obviously been a hot one here in South London today, uh, but have you settled in well on that first day? Did you find it a good session? Yeah, the lads are all really welcoming, showing me around, helping me out in training, so it's really good, really happy to be here. And you obviously spoke to the manager. What, what did he um, speak to you about? What does he expect from you this season? Yeah, he expects me to work hard, work hard for the team, but at the same time he can help me out express myself, telling me that I'm a good player, so like, I should just do what I do normally and everything will be fine. And sort of importantly, what, what do you hope to get from this season? Obviously, you're a young player, you've had a few first-team experiences at Crystal Palace, but um, you must be just wanting to knuckle down and get as many first-team senior appearances under your belt this season. Yeah, I'm just trying to improve every time, get as many games as I can, many goals, assists, just help the team as much as I can. And you've uh, had a look around the valley today. I mean, you said you've been here before when you were very young, but I mean, you must be looking forward to, to seeing this place um, full of fans and, and showing what you can do. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've been there once and I've heard a lot of good things about it, so I just can't wait to get started. 
And of course, Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday is uh, um, it's coming up hot on the heels of, of you signing today. I'm assuming you're fit, you're ready to go if, if you're called upon? Yeah, I'm fit. I've been working hard, had a good pre-season. I'm ready to go when needed. There we go then. So, Raksaki on loan um, from elsewhere. Tom, what are we saying? Uh, exciting young player. He scored a lot of goals in, in the uh, Premier League, sort of development league. He has made a couple of uh, first-team appearances. Um, so it's not it's not going to be his very first senior games, but like a, a Conor Gallagher a couple of years ago. But um, it, effectively very raw, and obviously coming into I, I'd say like a, a cauldron of noise. He's not really used to playing in front of. Yeah, that's the exciting thing for him, isn't it? To uh, to as you say, bounce just, back. Just a stadium with plastic Chelsea. seats. Yeah, been at Chelsea. Then he's had a, a drop down, hasn't he? And now he's back back in the big leagues and back back with a big club. So. Uh, yeah, I think raw, you used the word there. That's probably the one I would have done as well. And I'm not going to claim to be an expert on him. But everything on paper certainly reads very well in terms of his stats, in terms of the type of player he is. And I think we've been saying it for the few pods we've done so far this season that we're looking a little bit light up top and we're also looking a little bit one-dimensional. Uh, we've talked a few times about whether Jaden can play this formation. I think he can, but... You know, if struggling, what do you do to, to do something a little bit different? And I think from what I read and from, from the brief bits or clips I have seen, it seems that like that's what he's going to bring to the side, you know, something a little bit different, running off the last man, sort of pace um, on the ball. Uh, so, yeah, very exciting. Uh, as you say, it's going to be interesting to see how he can adapt to, to League One football uh, and how he can adapt to to actually having an atmosphere in the crowd as well, which he won't be used to. Um, but who knows, you know, it happens with players. As you say, a, a good reference, Conor Gallagher, hadn't played any football and look what he came in and did. So, yeah, he's someone that I'm excited that we've got in. Uh, I can't imagine he's going to be leading the line every game, but a, a very exciting option off the bench for sure. Hmm. Um, any concerns about where he's come from? We, we've swapped players there before. There's a couple of tweets, which we'll get to in a minute, Lewis, but if he comes in and performs, it doesn't matter if he came from the devil's 11 or wherever he came from, like really people wouldn't care. Even, even if he did come from, um, you know, a, a club who currently at that cycle in football, which won't last forever, where, where they're, they're sitting slightly higher than us. Yeah. You know, I couldn't care less where he comes from, whether, it, whether he comes from, a, you know, a Chelsea or he comes from Surrey. I don't really care. I mean, either way, um, if he comes in and, and he makes an impact, then ultimately, the, the club from Surrey are giving us a hand. So, you know, I can't can't complain massively about where he comes from. I think mm. um, it'll be a good addition. I, th- I think he takes a bit of pressure off out wide and also a little bit of pressure off playing through the middle. He's obviously got goals in him and assists, but at a very different level and at development level. So it just depends if that can translate from there into into League One or not. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder how much of a deal-breaker the, the size of the Sainsbury's in Charlton was, really, because obviously... There is one near the ground, but not right in the ground. Which we should, but but the one in Charlton down on the Woolwich Road is much bigger than the one in Fortin Heath. So that's obviously played a big part in his decision in terms of because obviously anyone who comes from there really cares about the the, the big the, the Sainsbury's attached to the ground. That seems to be the the, the only selling point from uh, that that part of London, of course. Right, let's have a look at some of the tweets and messages that have come in. Then I did ask for your uh, feelings on signing uh, the new chap, uh, Jack Saki, from uh, round the corner. Uh, Cass says, "I want to see him kiss." 
the badge. Go on, kiss the badge when you score. That'll really uh, wee off the uh, the ultras. Yeah, that'd be funny. Uh, ben says it doesn't really sit with me, uh, sit right with me that he's come from there. But as long as he's good, uh, I don't mind. I don't know much about him. Uh, I think he was decent in their academy uh, last season. Mark said I've never heard of him. Uh, well, hopefully we'll find out a bit more about him as, as the season uh, progresses. Uh, Sand, uh, Sandford Mouth uh, says, uh, please, in addition, we won't be relying on him uh, first up. We may have done previously with attacking loans. Uh, having him nibbling at the heels of Kirk, DJ Payne and CBT uh, will keep them uh, on their game. Because that, that is the interesting thing, obviously. He's going to play, I think, that wider that wider role more often than not. And, and if he has got a bit of pace, and if it is a game where DJ's not on it, or you know, we've seen Kirk hasn't, is still yet to prove himself at, at, at this level, along with some of the other chaps who we haven't seen much of yet, Tom. That is is an extra attacking option in, in an area of the pitch that I think we're going to be quite reliant for goals to come from that. Obviously, Blackett Taylor's off the mark already. I think we'll want to see a lot of goals coming from our wide forwards. Definitely, yeah. We've said it again already in, in the short space of time we've been back on the air this season that it's going to have to be a bit more of a, an ensemble effort, I guess, this year. And you're looking at the the potential goals across those that midfield uh, and that forward line now. You know, the likes of Payne scoring what he did last year, Kirk scoring the goals he did at Crewe. Um, and now um, Raksaki coming in and again I know the goals weren't at the same level but he's got goals in him Um, and you're looking at those players along with some of the others people like even Jake if he manages to get himself back in this team has scored goals for us in the past Um, so there is goals throughout that team and we're going to need that you know I think Jaden Stockley I'm sure will get at least over 10 again but he's playing a slightly different role this year that involves him doing more, more work for the team as well so it is going to be a case of everybody chipping in. And, you know, if you get seven or eight players scoring around 10 goals, then, you know, that's just as good as a couple of players scoring more. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do. As we've all said, he is raw um, and it is maybe going to take him time to adapt. But we needed strength in numbers up there. And I feel like he's added to that, which is can only be a good thing. Excellent stuff. Right, George said, I think uh, Raksaki, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Sully Kaikai uh, from that lot was a popular sign-up. He turned out to be dreadful. Uh, but uh, Raksaki's record looks good. He's made uh, small cameos in Premier League games, so he's a promising player. Uh, loving the pod recently. That's from George. Cheers, George. Uh, and Stuart says, I think Charlton have been patient and shrewd this season. Maybe we have underestimated Thomas. Uh, but it still feels a very early days. Uh, there's a feel-good factor, though, in SC7. Uh, long uh, may it continue. We also had a, a DM in from Phil. He said, really enjoy, enjoyed the game on Tuesday uh, against QPR. Uh, two progressive managers playing great football. Ours came out on top. Special mention uh, for Charles Clayden, Miles Lieburn and Aaron Henry. Big futures ahead of them uh, for all of them. The only downside was the home support almost being outnumbered by QPR. Uh, that was embarrassing. Yeah, it's 455 or something like that. More Charlton fans than, uh, than QPR fans. It really was um, a small turnout, which um fully understandable given our record in the League Cup. The price of the tickets, we, we reiterate as well, which was very expensive. And then, uh, like I say, that the, the fact that it is is only QPR. Is a QPR is a great club, but then they're, they're not. Um, it, it wasn't like Man United coming down. Uh, who, who are in the southern draw because Walsall are as well apparently no um uh, right so let's uh, move on right next uh, little thing we've got to talk about it was interesting uh, on Tuesday night that of course uh, Jojo Wallacott started uh, in goal normally you'd expect in a cup game like that that your second choice goalkeeper uh, would be featuring between the sticks but Craig McGovery uh, just started on the bench uh, despite the fact he obviously hasn't played any of the league games uh, so far this season so I did ask Ben Garner after that uh, about that after the game on Tuesday asked him if this uh, uh, if last season's number one 
uh, could be heading for Pastures New. I think there's always a chance with every player while the, while the window's open. You know, um, Craig's at an age obviously where he wants to play football. Uh, he's an established League One goalkeeper and um, it, it, it's a hard decision not to play him because, he, like I say, he's a very good goalkeeper but Jojo's come in, he's, he's been given the number one shirt and I just felt that he's hit good form at the start of the season and I wanted to keep that going and get him building those relationships with his defenders, etc. So uh, he did really well again. Um, but Craig's a, a fantastic goalkeeper as well. And at the moment, we're very fortunate to have two really good goalkeepers, plus young Nathan Harness backing that up as well. There we go. So uh, Ben, very clear, really, that he said, you know, that he, he, he made a hint that perhaps he could be off, I guess, Lewis. And... Uh, we, we've got backup keepers. We've got Harness in in the wings. Um, I'm not I'm not sure if he's fit at the moment. But would you be too desperately sad to see Craig Mulgavray go? Not not overly. My biggest concern is when the World Cup comes around. You assume that that Joe will go off with Ghana to the World Cup, and when that comes around, you, you're going to need somebody a you know a real competent standard, and obviously Craig would be that he's got very good experience in league one but at the same time at his age and everything he's not going to stand around and and wait to you know sit on the bench and wait for his opportunity I think he's going to want first team football he'll probably feel like he's earned a number one jersey somewhere if not here whether the dropping of it here comes to form last season or because Ben sees something more in in Woolacott that is more suited to his style of play which I assume is probably the case like he's a trusted goalkeeper but also Craig didn't have the best season last year but we didn't as a collective so I I wouldn't be overly um, surprised if he left obviously it'd be a shame because he when he came in I had had high hopes given his his sort of reputation at Portsmouth and sort of back-to-back player of the year gongs he seemed to pick up there Um, I had high expectations it didn't quite work out Um, but we have a great goalkeeper in in Joe Willicott Um, my biggest concern is what happens if one he gets injured and two if he goes off to off to the World Cup with Ghana, you know, the likelihood is we're still going to be playing within that period um, unless we have some miracle international call-ups. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my biggest concern is is the depth during that period when, when Joe's away in Qatar. Hmm. Um, in terms of the player himself, obviously, you know, when, when he wasn't given the number one shirt, Tom, we saw that evening on Twitter where he liked quite a few tweets uh, saying that, that he had a right to be frustrated and, and things like that before then unliking them. It, it was... I don't know, so some might have seen that as slightly unprofessional at the time. And, and um, you know, the first time he's had any real competition and been dropped, he, he, you know, he hasn't really... You'd want to see him fighting for his place if he's going to stay, I guess. And like I say, that, that the fact he didn't play on on Tuesday it does seem a bit indi- indication of what perhaps, I don't know, Garner's thinking of him at the moment, maybe? Yeah, I wonder if he's already been told that that's the plan because, as you say, he doesn't seem keen to put up a fight or or whatever and yeah I, I saw the the moments that he was going through and, and liking those and and obviously he was frustrated um but as Lewis says you know he didn't he wasn't bad last year but he, he certainly didn't excel and he came off the back of a very good season at Portsmouth and I think we were expecting a little bit more from him than we got and even in a short space of time I think we've seen with with Jojo what he's capable of um you know the the triple save in the pre-season friendly, the double save against Derby, um, and just in, in general, you know, save penalty the other night. You know, he's just, he's putting consistent performances together um, at this level. Uh, ben Garner obviously trusts him from his time with him before. So, like Lewis, my only concern is what happens when, if he goes with Garner at all, 
um, then then that's potentially an issue. But uh, maybe there are emergency loans we can get in, or or maybe we do give uh, a youngster a go. So so we've still got options there. Um, but yeah, from from what I've seen over Jojo already, I, I like what I see. I like how he commands his not only his own box but his back four. Um, and unfortunately for Craig, it, you know, as I say, it hasn't not worked out, but it it also hasn't worked out. It, it just seems like he's he's just not really done enough. I don't think to earn that that number one spot for a second season. And ultimately, if he's not prepared for, to fight for it, then then we don't want a player here making the atmosphere more negative. So yeah, I, I suspect we'll listen to offers for him. Mm, lovely stuff. Right on Friday, um, before the game with Derby last weekend, I was listening to Ben Garner's um, pre uh, pre match press conference that he did with Terry. Uh, and I just picked up on a little something during that. He he spoke about how Charlton don't have the the budget of of, of other sides in this division, and this sort of pricked my ears up because obviously um, towards the end of last season and and our, our final show of last season, so right at the start of the summer. Uh, ben uh, Thomas Sangard have been sort of reiterating that our budget, you know, last year we were in uh, had a, a top three budget. He said the third highest budget uh, in football in terms, which obviously was then ended up in, in in a big underachievement as we saw last season when we finished thirteenth. Um, and then they he expected it to be obviously within the same ballpark uh, this year. So it, it, it just it felt like slightly different messaging coming out of the club. But at the same time, obviously I wanted to ask the question uh, to Ben Garner on. Uh, on Saturday, if that if there had been maybe a slight change in how Charlton were trying to achieve what they wanted to achieve this season, if there had been uh, a change in the size of the budget, so just to sort of get that cleared up, because budget does effectively uh, probably help guide your expectation levels, and and like I say, it felt like two slightly different messages coming out from the club. I just asked Ben Garner if uh, if there had been perhaps a slight change uh, in direction in the yeah, side. Yeah, no, I'm not, not not that I'm aware of. I think you know I've got a budget that I've been asked to, to work to this season, um, and it's listen, it's a healthy budget, it's a competitive budget in in this division, but um, it's certainly not near the what I would say the top two or three teams in this division budget wise. It's, it's nowhere near that, um, but it's competitive, and we want to perform as best we can with the budget we've got. Um, and, you know, for example, Derby today, will obviously have a, everyone will be well aware, we'll have a very big budget in this division. Um, we've beaten Derby today, we've shown we can do that, and we have to do that against every team that we play. I guess it's a lazy comparison that the bigger the budget, the better chance you've got going up, and it's, it's up to Charlton then to prove there's a slightly different way to do it in your mind. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you look across, across seasons over a long period of time, generally, um, your budget is pretty is the biggest indicator of where you will finish in the league. So the more money you've got, the better chance you've got of finishing higher up the league. The lower the amount you've got, the more likely you are to finish at the bottom. So, um, I mean, for me, I, I worked under an embargo last season. Um, I'm one of the smallest budgets in, in League Two. So um, we overachieved there last season. I want to overachieve on what our budget is this season. There you go. So Ben Garner... Um... Not, not aware of any change as such, but he says um, we're nowhere near a top three budget. So obviously, it, maybe that ballpark has changed this season. But it's just interesting messaging from the, the two different elements of the club. Obviously, the owner, uh, you know, he's known for his brash statements, etc. But uh, where do we actually set our expectation level this season, Lewis, based on what what we expect because of what's gone on over the last couple of years, you know, it's not been a good, it's not been a good season, unfortunately, last year for us in terms of where we finished, um, and where a club of our size expects to finish based on what what we sort of expect to spend. We know there's bigger clubs in this division now. You're looking at the likes of Derby, which Ben mentioned there, but I mean, if we are still sort of looking to be in the ballpark of top three, which Ben's now saying we're not. 
you know, uh, that that does sort of guide where you, where your expectation levels are. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that you know, I think as fans, our expectations are obviously. I, I think probably the biggest mixed bag of expectations across our fan base for a long time because I think that obviously the the go to um, target really would be the top six. Obviously, that that's the ultimate goal. We shouldn't really. Don't we want to be in the playoffs? We don't want to be in this division. We want to we want to be fighting to get out of it. So the top six really should be the expectation, whether that's realistic or not on the budget that Ben has to work with or not remains to be seen. I think the business we've done so far, whilst none of it's resulting in any fees being spent, has been quite smart, shrewd business. I think, as Tom said earlier, I think that we, you know we've brought in the likes of Jack Payne and Willock, all all these people that have impressed us so far, and we've been speaking about on the show quite regularly haven't cost us a penny so there's been some very clever recruitment um but likewise i think that if you want to if you really want to make a statement to get out of this division you need to be looking at some of the players as well because the better players are going to cost you a fee which is we're seeing it with sheffield wednesday you know they've opted to spend money on two massive players in in michael smith and and Oikwe from from rotherham who have both cost a fee and they're from the division above just being promoted so that's the statement that they're setting out. We saw it last season with Ipswich with the players that they were seeing. Um, didn't quite work out for them, though. So I think it, it can be on either side of the fence. But, yeah, whether we have... There's there's little to show at the moment that we have a top three budget because we haven't spent a fee on, on any players. So what I'd like to know is what that top three budget consists of. Does that include everything? Does that include the training ground? Does it include what we pay for coaches? Does it include what we pay for for the upgrading of facilities or whatever that's what i'd like to know because if it's if it's player recruitment then at the moment we're not seeing that budget yeah i mean obviously it, w- it will include the wages as well as rather than just um transfer fees but i, I guess it does does serve to highlight that ben garner's certainly not not holding back in terms of being quite a straight talker so far you know i put what the chairman had said to him and he said no it's not that it is it's nowhere near that so that's interesting tom that he's he, he feels able to to come out and say that but at the same time that could be him doing his own bit of expectation setting that, that he needs to do. Obviously, we, we've had, you'd say, issues in years gone by with expectation levels being set by the club, by what they've said. Um, and that's been perhaps reeling that in a little bit. You know, And he did say he overachieved last year, and, and that's what he wants to do this year as well. Yeah, I think you're, you're totally right. He's setting expectations. I think he's been very honest with, with the fans, or certainly appears to be very honest since he's come in. Uh, and and who knows? Maybe maybe what Thomas had said had been taken in the wrong way or said in the wrong way. I don't know. Or maybe maybe Thomas was pulling the wool over our eyes slightly. I, I guess we're not going to be sure. But I think Ben seems comfortable with what he has been given. He seems comfortable with the players he's brought in. And as you say, he feels feels comfortable to be honest and open if he needs to challenge or contradict something that that the owner said. So. Yeah, I don't think it's a problem necessarily. I don't think that there's obviously been an issue as a result of it. Um, uh, the only concern with that whole thing with budgets is the league tends to, on the whole, kind of roughly kind of align with the budgets. But as you said, he surprised people with Swindon before. It does happen. Um, I think we are going to surprise a few people this season. I said that the other day as well. Um, I know we're kind of looking at mid to lower mid. A lot of people sort of saying 11th, 12th, 13th around there. Um, I certainly think we could be a little bit higher. Um, it's very early days. But yeah, we've we kind of just got to see how it goes. And, and 
of after Sheffield Wednesday, which is another tough game, um, they do start to get on paper anyway a little bit easier, uh, and we can't really have an assessment of where we are at least for another um, another month or two anyway. Um, but yeah, good that he feels he can come out and say that for sure. Excellent stuff. Right, well, that's a nice segue into the Sheffield Wednesday game. Time to look ahead to that trip to Hillsborough uh, on Saturday. Now let's find out how the Wednesday Wednesdayites are feeling ahead of the uh, the rest of the campaign. I spoke to James Mappin uh, from the Wednesday Till Our Die pod. Uh, asked him if there's confidence uh, in and around Hillsborough that they can make another push for promotion after missing out in the playoffs last year. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think, like I said, we finished 2022 really, really strong. Obviously, yeah. Didn't quite go our way against Sunderland, which which was disappointing because I think I think we played in that game nothing like how we've been playing in 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 the recent weeks, which is very disappointing. But you know it is it is what it is. You know Sunderland have got promoted and and that's that's it kind of thing. But I think the summer's gone quite well uh, in terms of recruitment. We've uh, I thought we just needed a few tweaks, but we've kind of brought in seven or eight new uh, new players, which which is good. You know some. Decent players as well, Michael Smith, Michael Ehequa, both from Rotherham. Um, you know, we've we've brought in, um, you know, we've we've brought in like Backinson as well. We've brought in um, Will Volks, uh, Stockdale uh, in goal from Wickham. Obviously, Wickham also got into the into the playoffs. You know, we've, we've made a lot of uh, good additions, and um, I think you know, rightly so, we we are you know tipped to be one of the favourites, which I kind of. Don't quite like that, really, because you know it's always uh, you know big them up, big them up, and the harder they fall, kind of thing. But you know, it's there's a lot of optimism. We had a terrible pre-season in terms of results. Lost four-one in the last game to to Wigan, and and you know there were a lot of uh, a lot of mistakes. Let let's say, and there was a bit of a meltdown uh, on social media uh, around that. But you know, we've started the season quite well, and uh, yeah, it should be. Uh, it should be a good one. The last two times we've been in League One, it's took us um, two seasons to get out. So hopefully uh, that carries on. Yeah, well, the last two times we've been down there, it's taken us three seasons. So we're hoping this is our one, but I'm not so sure. But um, what about Darren Morden? Still still confidence in the gaffer? It's hard to read how Sheffield Wednesday fans sort of rate him. Yeah. Um, one thing I would say is he made some strange decisions last season on the outset. For example, putting Marvin Johnson as your left centre half when he's naturally a left winger and never played there in his entire career. But then again, we made a song out of that and it, it, it played fantastic. But was, you know, the, the other things, you know, for example, we made four changes uh, from the, the the side that started against Portsmouth for the, for the one that played against MK Dons. But then we we win we win one nil. So at the time, you think, what is he playing at? But then you know. He's just going to say, "Well, it's worked because look, you know, look how we finished last season and things like that." So, yeah, I'm I'm in the in the camp that I, I like him. I think that he, clubs are too quick to change managers, you know, when it's not working. And you know, we've been crying out for um, a manager to be given time, and and now this could, you know, Darren Moore could be the one that gets given that time. And but then people get impatient, and you know, you want results now so you, you can't have both you know you can't be patient and also want you know short-term results so yeah um it is it is mixed um i think there's you know whenever something goes wrong of course the old, everyone comes out of the woodwork we have got quite a big fan base so it can seem like everyone's you know uh everyone wants the manager out when in, in reality you know we do quite a few polls on twitter and what have you 
obviously that's that's easy for the for the the more in camp to uh, to to sh- like have a voice kind of thing and you know and and there's a lot there's a lot of support for for Darren Moore and you know especially the way that we finished last season and you know we've started we've got we've had a draw we've had a win you know there's nothing really to to complain about to be honest. Excellent. So we're looking ahead to the game at Hillsborough on Saturday. We've just been chatting about your game with with MK Dons uh, last weekend. So it's only like a really interesting performance. And now Charlton are trying to play the way that MK Dons want to play possession based football and trying to lure the opposition out so they can pick them off. So it's going to be really interesting to see if we do that at Hillsborough. I mean, it would be very interesting if, if Charlton enjoy 60% of the ball in the first 20 minutes, wouldn't it? I, yeah, well, I'm MK, anyway. <laughs> well, MK Dons had 75% possession throughout the course of the game. Obviously, it was it was at MK Dons as well. You know, we scored a penalty after, what, I think 20, 25 minutes, and, and we were quite happy just to, to let them have the ball. Obviously, you know, when, when you do that, you know, like, like I said, I think, you know, 60, 70% of their possession were just was with the back four and the goalkeeper. So they weren't really doing a great deal with it. And when you're chasing a game... Um, you know that that's not, you know, it's not really going to help. We're just going to we're just going to let you do that. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see if, if if you do that at Hillsborough. Now, I'd like to think that at home in front of you know twenty odd thousand fans, we're not just going to let you have the ball. But then again, if you you know if you if you've got the ball in the back four and you know and it's the game's still nil nil, then we're probably just going to you know leave you to do that. Having said that, we have started both games really, really fast. Like the t- first 10, 15, 20 minutes, the tempo's been there. That's something that we're missing for last season. So whether that's something that we've been working on in, in pre-season, no, obviously only time will tell whether whether we carry that on. But, you know, if we've done done our own work on you, then I'm sure, you know, if you're going to be farting around with the ball, you know, for the, with the goalkeeper and, and, and your, your back three or back four, whatever it is you play, then, you know, we'll be on to you. And, and you proved quite... Right. You know, we didn't we didn't score a goal from it, but we put MK Dons under a lot of pressure. So, um, yeah, like I said, fingers crossed we we do that again. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we uh, how we set up because I'd like to think that we're not going to let you have as much ball as you as you as you probably like. I can guarantee you, at least once, we'll, we'll give it to you anyway uh, inside our own penalty area. Just finally, then um, Saturday, if you had to pick like a couple of players that the Charlton fans will be wary of, obviously we, we know all about. The likes of of Smith was on our books back in the day. Uh, Backington scored a bit of a weldy against us on the final day of last season for for Ipswich. But who are your main men at the moment? Well, I'll not talk about Barry Bannon because I think everyone knows about about him. He's he's the he's <laughs> he the knows about one. us as well, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he does. Yeah, he, he doesn't like us. Yeah, because he's from the Palace days. Yeah, but yeah, Barry Bannon is the obvious one. Uh, if I had to pick any others, uh, I'll probably say. Um, one at the moment is Fazeo Della Bashiru. If you've um, if you've watched the highlights of the Portsmouth game, he scored two cracking goals. Uh, one from about thirty yards uh, at the near post, uh, and then another one inside the box. And to be honest, if the net wasn't there, the ball would still be going to hit it that hard. Um, you know, two fantastic strikes. He's only twenty one years old. We got him from Man City a couple of seasons ago. Kind of been in and out of the, out of the side. He's one of them players that you describe as being raw, like a raw talent. Um, but you know he got a bad injury last season, um, kind of kept him out of this out of the side. That's kind of when we went on a decent run. So Darren Moore was obviously quite hesitant to to put him back in the side. Um, but no, he's he started uh, he started against Portsmouth. Like I said, scored two goals. He's got pace. He's got power in abundance. Um, you know, can shrug players off. So he's he's definitely one to watch. He'll be playing in the central midfield alongside Barry Bannon, and then either. 
George Byers and uh, Will Volks. And the other one I'd have to pick out um, would probably be Lee Gregory for, you know, striker has been around uh, a long time. He's, what, 30, 32, 33 years old now. But, you know, he's, he's definitely got an eye for goal. You know, you don't have to give him many chances and he'll he'll definitely stick one away. Um, scored 16 goals last season in the league. I'm sure he'll be looking to get 20 this season. He'd have a bit of a injury, which kept him out of a few games. But yeah, he's, uh, he's yet to score um, so far this season. I'm sure he'll be looking to open his account on Saturday. Well, thanks to James for that. Uh, lots of insight there into how they're feeling up at Hillsborough. Um, yeah, big Big club, massive club at this level. Obviously, only just missed out in the end to, to another one on, on penalties in Sunderland last year. Um, yeah, it weren't on penalties. Actually, it was in, it was in normal time, was it? I forget. But um, yeah, a club that will feel they ought to be above this level. It took them a, a while to get out of it last time. Um, but yeah, the, the, they have put a lot of money into it in, in terms of signings. A bit of bad luck, obviously, with injuries. And uh, I forgot to ask him about Fameway during that chat, but we did chat after. It sounds like he went off injured uh, last Saturday as well, so he might not be involved uh, this weekend. But yeah, there must be massive levels of expectation at Hillsborough, and it's going to be really interesting when we go there to try and, I don't know, impose ourselves on the game, Lewis. Yeah, I was thinking this earlier, actually. I think it's quite a good time to play them because it doesn't feel like that long ago that we played them away. It was quite at the back end of last season as well, so that performance was atrocious. So it'd be interesting to see sort of what changes have been made, how differently we line up, how our style of play, um, you know, influences the performance and the result. Um, you know, Wednesday, obviously, a side really fancied um, to be within in the top two this season. They've strengthened, as I said, in the in the chat before. Um, but they are struggling a bit with injuries, so they might not be at their strongest. But they obviously fancy themselves to get out of the division. They've put in the... <clears throat> the, the the sort of the money they need to to try and attract some of the better talent at this level, um, but I think that we're a, we're a completely different animal under Ben Garner to the one that we were when we went to Hillsborough last season under Jacko. You know, not not so much that Jacko was a bad manager, but that that the season was done and we didn't really have anything to play for. Where I think we had no strikers that game go- as well. That was that horrible run where we had uh, no strikers and we lost. Was it five in a row? Five six in a row. Yeah, yeah, and it and it was a poor performance. You know, I did the fans bar for that game, and and it was very disappointing. And <clears throat> I think that we'll be going up there a, a very different team this time, playing a different style of football. Um, I think the the pressure's slightly off Ben. Um, we've had a, we've had a fairly good start, and this is a tough game. Um, and I think to get the four points out of what we've done so far, I think Tom mentioned on Sunday, you know, you'd be biting the hand off. So it'd be interesting to see how we get on up there. But I I do really fancy our chances a lot more than I did the, uh, last season anyway. Well, let's hear what Ben Garner thinks ahead of the game then. Uh, I did speak to him on uh, Tuesday night and just asked him to have a quick look ahead to the trip to Hillsborough. Yeah, I think we, we have to go with full respect because they're a very good team. Um, I know Darren Moore well. He's a great guy. Um, you know, he's an absolute gentleman in the football world. We go there with respect um, and complete sort of understanding of what they do. But we go there also with the attitude of we're going there to win. Um, and we want to play the way that we want to play. And we know it's a tough place, but... We want to embrace those challenges and look forward to them. And uh, after tonight, we can certainly look forward to it. So a slightly different game plan for a game like that away at a big old club in League One? There's a different game plan for every game, if I'm honest, because every team's different. So um, th- there's no different in approach for me, whether we're home or away. It makes no difference to me. Um, sometimes you might have to speak about uh, the crowd or the environment and you know, you're making players aware of things. But in terms of what we do on the pitch and how we will play... 
I never think home or away. I just think what's the best way to win the game and try and put that in place. Chuck's still got a chance for Saturday? Outside chance, probably doubtful. Maybe, maybe. Um, he's been on the grass today. He's picking up. Um, stage we're at the season, it's certainly not worth risking a player at this stage. So we'll see how he is Thursday, Friday and, and make a decision from there. That's Ben Garner. I mean, right at the end there, Tom, we heard that, that Chucks is, is a doubt still. Again, last Friday, he said he was hoping he'd be back for this week, but... Uh, seems to have downgraded a bit to a doubt, and then we'll, we'll see how he is after Thursday, Friday. So we haven't heard any any further yet. But um, the, the un, unfortunately, the standard frustrations you come to expect with Chucks there. Um, we'd love for him to be available. Love for him to be available to come off the bench. Yeah, I think we we knew it, didn't we, when we re-signed him on that relatively long contract that it was a bit of a risk, uh, and obviously came in. Was it away at Cheltenham? Uh, it was either Cheltenham or Lincoln, one of the first games away from home, came on and scored. Uh, and you thought, OK, and, and he went on a bit of a run uh, for a little period of that season. But yeah, ultimately, he, it, this is always going to be the case. You're going to run the risk that he's going to break down at times. But we know what a capable player he is when he can be on the pitch. So I think if if you've got the wage budget and you've got the the players around him, then he's definitely a good option to have. But when you're relying on him to be your backup striker then uh, that's not in a position you want to be I think we've been very fortunate that Miles has come in but as I said again on one of the last couple of pods I, I don't think we should be relying on him uh, and, and Raksaki I know can play up there but as you say probably more going to play wide um, and you don't want Jaden playing week in week out so yeah it's frustrating it's frustrating we've got a lot of options up there now uh in terms of attacking players but uh, a central focal point we're, we're kind of very limited so um yeah disappointing that he's not going to be there because if you are are one nil down you know with a few minutes left and with the five subs now you basically can chuck every attacker on and give it a good go and it's a shame he's not going to be there but um yeah as i say we've got plenty of other attacking options and and i'm sure some of them will, will get on the pitch at some point as i say particularly if we find ourselves behind with you know, in the latter stages of the game. Mm, yeah, I mean, talking of attacking options, Jack Payne during the week did, did himself no no harm in terms of perhaps getting a starting place on on on, on Saturday. I mean, is that a change you'd be, you'd be willing to make? I just think our front three against Derby, Stockley, Kirk, and and Blackett Taylor. Would, would would you like to mix things up there, Lewis? Um, I don't know really. I still don't know whether Payne would come in from the start, and if he did come in from the start, he may play a bit more centrally. Um, Maybe for one of for one of Albie or or Scott Fraser, um, but I mean I thought he played well out wide, but I think he's a little bit more effective down the middle. Um, but arguably, you couldn't really take Albie or, or Scott out the side at the moment because I think they're they're performing well. Scott got his goal on the opening day, which is good. We wanted him to contribute with goals, um, and Albie looks a, a different player in this Ghana system. So. Um, whether there's any changes in midfield remains to be seen. I'd like to see Jack Payne come in. It's just who for is a bit up in the air. Um, get get another run out from the start. I think he was a bit ineffective first half against Derby, but put in some decent crosses. And I think I think he's growing in confidence that bit more. And I think once we he gets up and running properly, I think he could be a really good player for us. So yeah, my biggest concern, as Tom said, is up top. I mean, Jaden is is struggling a little bit in this uh, in this formation at the moment. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think he needs a goal to to lift his confidence massively at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, just quickly, Tommy, it, it will be really interesting the way we approach this game because it's still early days, and like we had a lot of possession in the first half at Accrington against Derby. It certainly wasn't the case. It was the other way around until the second half. 
Um, when we go to a Sheffield Wednesday side, I mean, they'll have 20,000 there at, at home against Charlton, who from last season, they remember being pretty poor. They'll be absolutely baffled if they don't have the majority of possession in that first half. So if we do go and dominate the ball, it would be very, very interesting to see, A, if we can do it, and B, how quickly the, the Wednesday fans turn on their own side. Yeah, and I think that's ultimately where Ghana wants us to get to. As you say, I don't think we're there yet, but it's very early days. But I was talking to someone at work today about Charlton and, and kind of saying, you know, goals is, is going to, or creating chances is going to be our issue. I think we probably can get our foot on the ball and knock it around. Uh, and then it comes down to two things. One, can we take our chances when we have them? And two, can we avoid playing ourselves into any silly mistakes? Um, because pretty much every game that I can think of so far, there's at least been an error that has led to, to a chance uh, at some point. So, yeah, I think, as you say, if we can get our foot on the ball early doors, that's going to frustrate the home crowd and, and get you know get them on their players' backs a little bit like we were last Saturday. So, um, yeah, that's ultimately going to be his aim. I think, as I say, the big question is, can we do it? And uh, I, I'm not sure yet, but uh, if we can, that's probably our best chance of going up there and getting a result. Excellent stuff. Right, we've run out of time on this week's big match preview. Thanks to all of you who've tuned in and got involved with your messages uh, as well. Don't forget, we'll be back on Sunday to look back at whatever happens uh, against Sheffield Wednesday up at Hillsborough on Saturday. Thank you, Tom and Lewis, for joining me. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. See you in Sheffield. Yeah, good to speak to the pair of you. Me and Lewis will be up there. Make sure you keep your eyes peeled for us. Uh, after the game as we try and get some fan reaction for the fans bar as well after the match and so make sure you come and say hello right I've uh, I've been Louis Meadows thanks for listening we shall see you again on Sunday <laughs>